Good day. Hello. How are, How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm wonderful. I have been thinking a lot about how to open today's show. I kind of prefaced this yesterday to you. And I, th I was thinking about this, um, this post that I had written um, a few days ago on, on the internet. And I think it's, it's interesting. Um, the post is, it's interesting because I think a lot of people are trying to be motivational in the content that they create. They try to uh, entice someone by saying something, you know, like, uh, I don't, not, not like spammy or anything or clickbait or anything like that, but like they try to be like others, like, oh, this person's motivating me. So therefore I need to motivate them. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't, I think I was running when I thought of this, but it basically the, the line is uh, don't be motivational, introduce people to cool stuff. If it leads them to trying it out, rat, but don't intentionally try to right. be motivational. Right. Right. Just, just like with you, like you were uh, running for a long time. I saw that I didn't want to run. And then at some point it clicked and I was like, oh, I should try that thing too. I've seen yeah. it with myself, with some of the Ironman races that I've done um and and stuff like that but even from a business perspective it's like don't you don't have to be so quote unquote motivational just introduce stuff to people like hey like i'm trying this thing i thought it was cool you might want to see it yeah yeah that's interesting that you say that because uh it just seems like everywhere you turn now everybody even more so everyone is is starting a podcast and uh i mean it's it's amazing to me that as long as it's been around, we're still very much at its infancy. Don't you think podcasts uh, are just like blogs in the past where people are like, oh, I need to do this or I need to create the social channel. It's just another one of those things. Yeah. And they're not going to put in the effort into it that needs to succeed. So then they'll find the next big thing. Yeah. And, and so based on what you were saying, it's um, the, the, the thing that rings true is like, so I was just talking, if, if all things, it's really funny. My wife has just started a podcast uh, about human geography. And, you know, so like, how do I, uh, because these are like 10 pound, 10 pound brain people that she's talking to. And it's like, how do you. Oh, she's the host. Yeah, she's the host. Um, so. She, it's, it's it, that takes me to the whole Jason Calacanis thing that we were talking when he was talking to us about reps, you know, and she, it's like, you know, how do I, how do I pull information out of these people that are super, super smart? And it's just like, Hey, you know, I mean, you're like, you're three shows into this. You've only taken three reps. And she's like, gosh, you know, but you know, you and Zach, you, you, you play off of one another, the, the chemistry that you have with one another, it, it, it's, yeah, that's, it's great. And it's just like, yeah, but, this is show 102. So we've taken 101 reps up until this point. And, you know, we still have a long way to go before we get to that and, next. And one. to articulate that information that we've been discussing in a relationship for 10 years now. So yeah. we can feed off of that too. Right. Then the things that we historically talk about, we have at least 10 years of experience doing so it's not just 101, 102 reps in that case. It's it's a long time of reps in that yeah. stuff. Well, and I don't and know where she is on her her rep scheme of 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 um, human geography. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, just in the sense of you know. So I, I go back to um, 
something that I heard Joe Rogan say many years ago. And he was like, hey, this is a conversation that I would have with this person either in person or while we're doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, as, as long as we're having the, a conversation, you know, if an audience is there, it's great. If it's not, I would have still had the same conversation anyway. So you know, with that piece of admi uh, advice that has always stayed in my mind, it's been really, really beneficial to me. And I think to those that are looking to start a podcast or are really new into the podcast thing, because if you try to be all things to all people or try to talk about what your audience wants to hear, I think that you're going to fall flat. Yeah, I like to think one of the things that I used to use as a way to uh, ask people uh, to be on the show, it's like, hey, you wanted to get together anyway for coffee, whether I know you you live in my area or not, you know, virtual coffee, whatever. I'm going to ask you the same questions that I do here that I would mm -hmm. there at a bar and you know, at, a, at, a, at a cafe, whatever it might be. Right. I'm going to ask you the exact same questions. And I think not changing on that is is important. Before we yeah. dive into today's guest, uh, Harry Rodriguez says, when you open a business, what should be my main concern? Um, I, I think a couple of things. Make sure you have a ton of capital available and ready. Make sure you're, you're going to use that money for the actual marketing of the business too, not just the product of the business. And then three, make sure that before you go all in, like, you have a couple customers that are pretty ready uh, to, to pull the trigger. And what I mean yeah. by that is don't ask people, hey, um, when I open this, will you buy from me? A lot of them will say yes, because it's really easy for them to say yes. To get that wallet out and that credit card out, that's the difficult thing. If yeah. they're not willing to buy, it's going to be very difficult. And, and so those would be my kind of three main main pieces of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the same. Yeah, I mean, you certainly have to understand what the problem is that you're solving. Uh, you can't have a solution that's looking for a problem. So you certainly have to understand what problem that you're solving. But uh, I'm listening to a book right now that uh, was really, really interesting because uh, it, it totally flips the script. And it, it, so it's called Working Backwards. It's uh, written by the guys that uh, were with Jeff Bezos back in the early days of Amazon. So when it comes to to doing something like this, starting a business or coming out with a new product or whatever the case is, they, they start with the press release. And mm -hmm. uh, so they write the press release before they even start on the product or the, or whatever it is that they're getting ready to release. So that way you already have the customers, the customer in mind. And it's you already know the features, the functionality, the price, what mm. the capabilities are. And so you if you start with the press release, then you can work backwards. You know, and then if you're work, then when you talk to your development team and everyone else that's involved, marketing sales, then uh, you already have all that stuff identified. It's a pretty interesting concept that who wrote, uh, who wrote that? Uh, Bill Carr was one of the authors. Mm -hmm. um, but uh yeah, it was, it was a recommendation on uh, Jason's book club that I'm working backwards. On. It's inter interesting. A lot of people from a content perspective, from an SEO perspective, think about that end play and then pull back off of that. Uh, Noah yeah. Kagan, um, someone who I followed for a while, he he um, he talks about that strategy, too. Uh, not yeah. necessarily from building a product, more from a marketing perspective. But um, I always thought that was interesting. All right. So without further ado, we're going to transition to yeah, this week's um, guest. And, and based on the advice, when we as we're getting ready to bring our guest on, I mean, this is a conversation that that I would that I'm looking forward to having because we don't know 
other than talking a few minutes before I uh, joined, uh, before we went live, this is the first time that we've uh, talked to Julie. So, be fun welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's it's exciting. So, so you you. We get um, some pre-notes beforehand. We do it. We put out like a little survey. Uh, have you ask some questions? Neither Tim or myself knew knew much about you or the business beforehand. And, and going through that, the thing that was really interesting to me is that you opened the business October 2020 when all the headlines were every business in the world is dying. And so yeah. you do the flip flop of that, and then you open a business that is 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 fairly unique, and it. Um, I want to talk about opening the business, but kind of like the inspiration of you trying to find your calling, which like a lot of people are in that part of life and they they feel like, am I doing what my calling is? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be setting out to do? And it, you happen to be on what vacation one day and 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 it kind of happened there. So so walk us through memory lane. Oh, 2019. Wow. Can we can we get just you know rewind to 2019? It was such a, a great year for us. Um, my husband and I took a honeymoon vacation five years after we actually got married. And uh, we went through England. And um, I was unemployed for about, uh, and by choice, um, for about five years because I just wanted to find that, that niche you know, what job is there out there or what business is there out there that reflects Julie Easterbrooks and her family. And, and so we were uh, down the street from Robin Hood Park in Nottingham, uh, England and walking down Fire Lane, uh, I saw a kitty in the window and I did a snap jerk, man. I just went right in there and we paid eight pounds, we had scones, we had coffee, we had a little umbrella that goes over the, the plate because cats were actually in the cafe. And um, I, so we really enjoyed our time. I was looking at the catwalks, the design and how free and natural uh, Kitty Cat Cafe in Nottingham was, how, how the cats just, you know, they were, they were, they were the boss. They were, they were the special ones. And so we picked up a cat and I just looked at my husband. And I said, Hey, I think I found my next career. And he lit up. He was so excited and so supportive that, you know, I wanted to actually purposely become a crazy cat lady. And, <laughs> um, the and, thing that's so interesting is that you have birds behind you. So I don't know if, if, if that's just uh, something to, to stimulate the cats or, or you know, what's... Well, uh... actually, in this, I'm in the kitten room right now where we have cats that are under a year old. And then we have another room that's mostly adult cats. And they have their own TV. And I put on the YouTube channel so that they can you know, watch the mice and watch the birds at the bird feeders. And so, yeah, they have their own TV over there. The ah, kittens, not so much, but. Were you always a, a cat lady? Maybe not the crazy cat lady, but were you always a cat lady? Uh, cats and horses. And uh, I was a dressage instructor for a gazillion years. And then um, I was a phlebotomist for uh, the American Red Cross. 
for seven years. I resigned, and that's where I kind of had my, um, you know, place where I was. I was searching, you know. But yeah, uh, I've always had cats. I always loved cats. So, so take me. So you made the decision. You told your your husband. This, I think I found my career. What happens next? I mean, I am uh, super intrigued. So um, before we left England, I actually had uh, two couples of friends that were all in. They, they were like, yeah, we've got to do this because they saw the pictures of the cats in England. And I said on Facebook, hey, well, we ought to open up a cat cafe in the States so we can help our cats over there. And they were all in. And so up until April, um, we had three couples, you know, working together to get the business plan, to go to environmental health, to work on getting the loan and us doing the fundraising for uh, Kitty Kingdom. But in April, that kind of broke up um, because of COVID, uh, the other two couples decided to bow out. And I'm just stubborn enough to say, okay, well, we'll just do it without you. So there was going to be part other part. There was going to be a couple other partners in the in, in yeah. the business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then COVID hits. They 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 bow out, but mm-hmm. you, it's still in your mind. You still want to rock and roll with it. Interesting. Well, I as I said, well, the thing is about opening a cat cafe is that we naturally mitigate against disease. We've been hand sanitizing before COVID. We've been washing our hands before COVID. You know, we we do we do the disinfecting. We we kill ninety nine point nine percent of the germs, regardless, because we don't want the cats getting sick. I and, always thought it was interesting that the things our parents taught us, you know, wash your hands, clean yourself, you know, all this kind of stuff is like that. that those were the things that they were telling us at the beginning of COVID. It's like, hey, don't be, you know, don't be a a, a, a dirty fool. And we had to remind people like, hey, like wash your damn self. Like, at, like after you touch stuff, like it's just it, that always like I'm a germaphobe anyway. And I'm got, became an even bigger germaphobe during COVID. But like. I will open a door now, Tim, so don't feel as bad like about that there were times where i didn't want to touch a door julie during COVID because i was like yeah, this is disgusting i don't like hmm. well you could always do an Niles crane and carry a handkerchief with you. yeah i or i'd use my foot to like pull the door open somehow like I would, <laughs> anyway um okay so april 2020 like had you signed a lease at that point because you know when i think of england place you have yeah. because when, done- I, when i think of england and you walking through as a tourist in there, like I could see that being, um, you know, uh, something that would work. But we're talking about Chesapeake, Virginia here, which isn't really the tourist capital of, of, of Virginia. So how do you like make that, that decision or see enough evidence that what I saw there across the pond is going to give me even remotely close to the same scenario as, you know, suburban Chesapeake, Virginia. I I know, uh, yeah. But if, but reg- the thing is about this particular place is that we are unique in that we really do have a cafe here. We really do have two cat rooms here, and um, we're probably one of the bigger, 
cat cafes out there. Um, we have 3,000 square feet. And the reason we chose this place was because of the HVAC system. Because of the HVAC systems and there being three different HVAC systems here, we were able to get an architect to design the room so that each one of our segments, our kitten room, our cafe, and our cat room, they have their own air. They have their own HVAC system. And so we are allowed to prepare food, not from scratch, but we're allowed to serve coffee and hot dogs and beef brisket sandwiches um, because it's in different air than the kitten room and the cat room. So if you walk me through, I'm, I'm sure that those that are listening probably have this picture in their head right now of what you're describing. Ch ch walk us through that uh, someone walks up to the storefront, they enter the cafe, <laughs> and, and, and what is it? What, what do people see? What do they experience? Um, walk us through that, please. Absolutely. Um, when you walk through the door, you're walking into the cafe section, which is our middle section. And to your right, we have the cat room. And to, oh, I, I beg your pardon. When you're walking in, to your left is the cat room and to your right is the kitten room. Um, the one thing that everybody is, um, first of all, just really is stunning is the decor. Uh, we had distinguished designers do our cement floor and it's gorgeous. It's painted cement um, and it looks really natural. It's got greens and browns and gold colors and it's, it's just beautiful. It looks like uh, you're, walking, you're walking in a forest. And then we have the bar. We have um, all different sorts of coffees that we make up, uh, teas. And we uh, show people, you know, or we tell people, you know, what we're about, because a lot of people say, what is this place? I, or I've never been to a cat cafe before. What is it that you do? And um, uh, so uh, what we explain to them is that we are sponsored by Right now, three different shelters are giving us cats and kittens. And uh, I showcase their cats and kittens for free. Uh, then uh, they provide us with food and, and litter and cleaning supplies. But when one of these cats get adopted, then um, what happens is um, the shelter gets all those adoption fees. And so we explain that to everybody. We have them sign in. We have a price list. I keep the lights on by charging uh, an admission fee based on the amount of time they want to spend with the cats. And they want to spend time with the cats for a variety of reasons. We had two people that were looking to adopt. They got to see the cat in a natural environment, yeah. relaxed, yeah. with music, with beautiful art. And some people have landlords that just won't let them have cats. And yet they love cats and they just want to come here and hang out. Hmm. So it's not like a, a situation where people walk in, they're trying to, to have their, their hot dog or something, and there's cats crawling all over them or anything like that. It, it's it's I try. very much. 
I tried to talk the health department into that. <laughs> just didn't work. Because <laughs> that, that was going to be a follow-up question. By you. What was it like you know, trying to explain this to get everything that you needed to get approval from the health department? Well, when I showed them the three HVAC systems, they, they were all thumbs up. And we don't worry when they come visit, you know, because every, everything is, is really clean. Um, hmm. it, it, you know, we, we disinfect with alcohol as opposed to, um, uh, you know, we disinfect with alcohol and we also disinfect with a veterinarian approved uh, disinfectant. And I just got to make sure everything is pH balanced, that it doesn't ruin the floors and make them. And we don't like anything waxy or sticky here either. So this is your first business. I know. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like walk me through that. What's it been like? I mean, it's you're almost I mean, 18 months, 20, almost to two years. I mean, what was some of the pros? What are some of the cons that you've learned over the last few months? Oh, my gosh. I've learned so much. And, you know, it's. It has definitely been a roller coaster, and I think if I knew then what I knew now, I, I think the chances are I probably wouldn't have have punched through. But then again, we've adopted out over 400 cats. Um, we're helping people, uh, helping rescues uh, by giving them a voice, giving them a showcase where they're they're showcasing their cats in a beautiful facility as opposed to their garage or an office building you know they they are they have a nice environment peaceful environment and the cats you know some of them aren't even looking for homes anymore they think they found it and but yet we we know full well that um for a cat to find a home here they're better off than, than just being in this particular facility. We're just trying to make them comfortable. Um, not necessarily let them stay here, you know, and if an item. So, so what specifically do you think about as to why you, I mean, you just said, you know, had I known what I was getting into, I might not have pulled the trigger basically. Is there anything specifically that, that makes you feel that way? Like what, what was really tough about something? Maybe? Right. Well, um, uh, hmm. that, that's a hard question for, for me to, to really go into. Um, I, well, I give you, uh, as you're, as you're pondering that, I, I give you a ton of credit for pushing through. I mean, that's one of the things that I love so much about the entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, through the darkest yeah, days, well, you've got to find a way. That's right. And, and yeah. is your, is it, your husband it, still it, involved with the, with the business still to this point? In fact, he's, he's one of my cheerleaders. Um, mm -hmm. He understands that, that we still have to invest money into this uh, project. And, He's he's not backing down. He's absolutely 100% got my back. Yeah, he, and that's one of the things that. So we have a, another question in terms of you know any advice for new business starters, you know, a significant other, 
spouse, whatever the case is, I mean, having that backing and having that support from the very beginning is really, really important because, I mean, during, especially during those low times when you're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to get through this? Yeah, we oh, really yeah. got to buckle up. We're eating peanut butter and jelly for the next week. Whatever the case is, I mean, hey, you peanut have butter to, and jelly is good. I know. I eat it most of. I eat it all the time. It's my go-to lunch. Um, but you have to have that backing and that support from inside your household in order to, to push forward. And if you don't have it, it can make it for a really rocky road. Oh no, no kidding. As I said, I've never met a man more faithful than Jim Easterbrooks, hands down. And uh, it was also. It's also a spiritual thing for me. It, um, I, I, I don't believe if I have, in fact, found my calling and I felt, you know, led into this, that, that the powers that be are going to let me fail. I really had to discover in my innermost being um, my spiritual self as well, and that God isn't just going to let me down. He's not going to set me up for failure. He's going to see me through. And that's, that's what I really felt happened, especially a year ago when I didn't have any cats and I didn't have any employees and we had to scramble around. And then the good news is what shelters I did find were really, really, really grateful that that, that Kitty Kingdom did reach out to them and we, we got some really good work done. I mean, think about this, right? You really have October of 2020 to now is what? 15 months. months, 16 months, 18 months. I'm terrible at math. Just look at my SATs from high school. Um, 400 cats. I mean, that's almost a cat a day. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive if you think about it. There's plenty of people who can't sell a product a day, and you're selling one basically every single day. So kudos to you for that uh, in there. You said no cats at some points and no teammates, and it sounds like it was um, terrifying for you. What what did you do to push through during that situation? Yeah. yeah. And uh, But we did. Uh, it, it, it was like one of those... God closes the door, opens up a window, and mm -hmm. he opened up three, two windows, uh, Little Roar Cat Rescue and Squishy Face Crew in Fredericksburg, and they started bringing me cats. And this time last year, I had I had paws on the floor again. And um, it's taken a bit um, it, to, to get into the groove. Uh, now I have Scat Incorporated, I have Garfield's Rescue, uh, helping us out along with Little War still, and uh, we're doing it. So I've, those, I've got two cats that are applied for today that uh, might find a, a home, you know, later on this week. So for those that are listening that aren't aren't familiar with Virginia geography, you you said Fredericksburg, and you're in Chesapeake, and from a drive time, I mean that's two hours at least. I was thinking three, well, three no, and a half hours. Half hours, and um, but we have they've 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 gone on to bigger and better stuff. They moved into another facility, and uh, and when they did that, they they thought it was cost ineffective. 
to bring their cats down when they had a big facility in Fredericksburg and kudos to them. I, I totally understand that. And then, um, uh, but we have Garfields, uh, which is up in Kilmarnock and they have a two and a half hour drive and they have the lion's share of the cats here. Um, and we ended up, I think, doubling uh, their adoption rates in one month. And over, over the time we've managed to help them adopt out more kitties just in the beginning of the year than they adopted out all of last year. So we, we really helped them out a lot. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's, to me, that's another really great stat number to celebrate is, I mean, if you have people that are traveling that far to support you and the mission that you have, that's really, that's that's pretty significant. A lot of people can't sell anything to start a business, let alone having supporters driving from that far away. Uh, what do you attribute to getting the word out? What what different types of marketing or messaging did you did you implement to to get the word out about what you're doing? I wish I was more media savvy, but I'm not. Um, what I did do is we finally decided to put uh, a lot of our marketing into radio advertisement, and that's helped significantly. Uh, every once in a while, I get an employee that is really good on Instagram or Facebook. And I really, we really benefit from, from those particular uh, kids that know their way around social media. But um, one of our biggest um, ways of getting uh, cats or getting customers in for our cats and kittens is through uh, Pet Finder or Adopt-A-Pet. My, my shelter, Garfields, is a member of Pet Finder, and they tell Pet Finder that their cats are in the 23322 zip code. And we get a lot of people to come in and see the cats from what they hear about the cats on their Pet Finder search. That's been a huge help. That's interesting. So that's... That you be, by being able to use that third party, that other resource, they're learning about you. Mm -hmm. They can come in there. They see that that's 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 pretty good. Do you pay for that service? Is there no, no, and it's free to the shelter as well. Interesting. What what is it about? Uh, what is it about pets that just people freak out over? Like, I, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you post a picture of a dog, a cat, you know, a, a whale. It doesn't matter. Like a donkey, uh, a sheep, uh, a goat, <laughs> uh, a whatever. A buffalo. If you post a damn animal online, it's gonna get a tremendous a lot amount of like engagement. Like, well, what and way more than humans? Because if I post look. a picture of myself, no one cares. But if I post a picture of my dog, people are gonna be like, "Oh my goodness!" I mean, did you hear about the um, the hotel you can stay at in Texas, where the giraffes will come up to your uh, the window of your uh, room? No, but everything but, is bigger in Texas, so I... I well, yeah, and it, so it's one of those things, that I guess, went, that went viral on TikTok, and now they're, like, booked out for, like, a year and a half, two years, or some crazy thing that... Uh, yeah, so it's like on. a hotel with, like, an African safari uh, built into it. Yeah. Fantastic. But for, for, for giraffes, yeah, a giraffe hotel of some kind, so... Um, yeah, so I, I get... There's nothing so, that can't cure you know, it, you know, it, 
I, but YouTube started because of cat videos. So is that true? Well, it it really started their popularity. It was like everybody was posting their cat video, and it, it seemed that's like when YouTube really started to be noticed. I bet I my mom is big into that. She probably watches cat videos all day. We I have, have a group up all the time. We have a group chat. And uh, so she'll send me pictures of like her cats playing on her at work. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just to, to, to take that passion and leverage, leverage that. I mean, it's really, uh, it's, it's interesting. This is the one of the things that I love so much about this show is because what you think on the service. And then once you really dig in a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, you, you've really evolved the, the, the cat adoption uh, you know, how it's conducted and just, and just really made a cool thing out of it. Uh, so kudos to you. The uh, okay. draft place is called Long Neck Manor, by the way. Uh, a guest has texted me the, uh, the place. Sounds... Well, sounds well, to answer, well, to answer somebody else's question, you know, what advice would I give uh, to somebody opening up a business? Um, I could not have done this without a mentor as well. Uh, there's a gentleman, Chuck Patton, who owns Perfect Day Cafe in Louisville, Kentucky, and he's also opened up uh, two more cat cafes in uh, Indianapolis, or Indiana, and in Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, or in another part of uh, Kentucky. Anyways, without his advice, we wouldn't be here either. It's when you really chat important. with him, what do you talk to him about? Like what are, what are some of the questions that you'll ask him or some of the advice that he'll give you? About um, relations with, uh, with uh, cat rescues and shelters, um, about insurance, and about um, pricing and where most of my income is going to come in. Yeah, we have a great little cafe and you can depend upon the cafe being like six to 10% of your income. You really need to make sure that uh, it's understood that your income, 90% of it is just going to be coming from the admission cost uh, for your for your cafe. Uh, so, so I'm curious what numbers from a from a metric standpoint, what numbers are you most concerned with? Is it certainly adoptions is going to be a significant uh, number that you want to track? But what other what other numbers are you import uh, that is important to you that that you monitor? Well, as philanthropic as this business seems to be, it still takes money. You know, just like any church needs donations for their for for their uh, function for their group, then we too we're a social enterprise. We're not totally for profit. We are in in a special group of businesses that we coexist because of the five hundred one c three rescues that we deal with, and uh, so we have to make sure that our payroll is made, we have to make sure that the rent is, is paid for. 
I have to have a certain amount of food to sell so that um, I can keep my ABC license for beer and wine. So uh, those are the other numbers that, that I really mm. need to pay attention to. What is a social enterprise? Um, a for-profit benefiting a not-for-profit. Um, one explanation of a social enterprise was Bombo socks. Mm -hmm. uh, Bombos, what they do is for every sock they sell, they give a sock, pair of socks to uh, a homeless shelter. So that's a social enterprise. It's a for-profit benefiting not-for-profits. You know, it's interesting that you, you talk about being a social enterprise and, and, and how you, you're on, um, on a mission, you know, to, to help the, the cats and, and how this is uh, your calling and stuff like that. I think one of the most important things, though, is that you stay afloat and financially that you make sure that you are viable over the long run. Um, knowing, knowing that, I think a lot of businesses who are out for really good things often forget the financial aspects of it and how important it is that they make money so that they can stay alive. Yeah. Because you, you, you hear these stories where nonprofits and, and great businesses that are doing a, an, an amazing thing for a, a select group of individuals, their target customers. And then it goes away because they couldn't figure out the business aspect of it. They couldn't figure out how to, how to keep, you know, putting the lights on and paying for the, the light bill and, and all that stuff. I mean, do you, do you think about things like that uh, in, in, in why you're doing it? It's like, I have to make money so I can get 400 cats back out. I, I have to make money in these things because at some point I would think that you're the, the money that you're infusing in to, to keep the business going, you, that can't be an everyday thing, right? So you have to be, you have to find a way to have the business make more money. And do you, do you think of it that way? Absolutely. Um, and and how to do that is, is, has been a learning process for me. Uh, that's why I think marketing is probably one of the most important aspects of, of getting a business so that you bring these people in. During the week, it's really slow. On the weekends, we're pretty slammed, but mm. which is a good thing. But how can I make it more attractive for people to come during the week is, you know, things that I'm thinking of. I'm trying to think of my most profitable is the uh, interaction with the kitties. And so how can I make that more attractive? That's interesting. So, um, you know, there's a lot of restaurants that are busy on weekends, slow during the week. Maybe they're uh, busy at a certain time of day, but not other, uh, at other places. You know, that's why happy hours were started to try to increase traffic in, get people in there. And then hopefully uh, that by, you know, decreasing or, or providing some sort of different value of, of something in there that uh, entices people to come in there. Have you, have you tried any uh, like group settings or uh, discounted days or or yeah. anything like that during the week to try to increase that type of stuff and absolutely yeah uh, during the week uh, if you book online you get three dollars off the walk-in price uh, uh, an hour is fifteen dollars uh, in the cats and kittens room and if you book online it's twelve dollars per person and you still have access to both rooms as well. Um, and 
it, and it's stuff like that. We do have birthday parties here. You can book the room uh, for an hour to have a private event. Um, we have a um, beautiful, just beyond the, the camera, I have a pergola. So uh, we spell it pergola. That we have a couple of chairs and tables, and uh, we have a, a cat safe um, fenced in area uh, so they can have a birthday party if somebody wants to surprise their little girl with a kitten and they adopt it, we can have a party out there celebrating that. So, and yeah, there's, there's a couple of ways to save some money and really have fun with the kitties around here. Pergola. I know I was going to, I have to ask you. So like, what is the most overplayed pun yes. that, uh, that you oh, hear? Perfect. Are you kidding? We, <laughs> we have a, we have a little, uh, kitty jar that it's, it, you can, you can like say a swear word and not to have to put a quarter into it. But if you say perfect, put the quarter. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> I don't think we go a day without saying perfect. I, I, I've had to come up with different synonyms for perfect, like awesome or fabulous or that's really nice. <laughs> oh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do this, but uh, I, I think I'm going to. Okay. So like the, uh, the, probably the most, a ridiculous show on Netflix during the pandemic uh, involved a crazy cat lady, um, Tiger King. Um, did you did you oh. watch that show? Oh, I did watch Call Me Cat. I did watch a few episodes of that because uh, Call Me Cat is set in Louisville, Kentucky, and my friend Chuck Patton. So I think what they did was they took the two cat cafes in Louisville, Kentucky. And they combined the particular um, aesthetics of those two cafes and made Call Me Cat. Because I recognize Perfect Day Cafe in there and, and the other one. I just want so so the um, the lady who is associated with Tiger King, uh, obviously different style of cats in, 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 yeah, in that sure. world. Um, very popular um, social media cha uh, channels, if I if I recall. Um, and she would go live and she would uh, get a lot of people engaged in that type of way. Have, have you, um, have you tried anything from, I know you said some of your teammates that come in, uh, can help with social media, but have you done, has anything specifically on social media that, um, that you've done over the past really seem to have, um, brought in a bunch of people? Is it just posting the pictures and the pictures, picture sell, or, I mean, doing live videos? I mean, is there anything specific on social media that seems to have worked? Um, well, Facebook's been our friend, um, but yeah, I really would love to, you know, do a live shot on YouTube or whatever. Uh, there's just so many different things I can say about the cats here, and I don't know if there's enough content yet to do YouTube, but that's something that I really would like to do. I have a genius son who, when he comes and visits, you know, could help me get the equipment that I need in order to do something like that. But every once, but once a week on Facebook is, is basically all that I can do personally um, and stay within my marketing budget. Hmm. I'm, curious. Oh. I'm curious. I'm um, curious. Now that you've been open for a few months, have you thought about the legacy that you're 
leaving behind or are, are, are you seeing like a, a, a second adoption from uh, from a family or, you know, like I, I can't help but think that the ripple effect of, of what you're doing is starting to come back around in, in multiple ways. If, is, has that happened yet? Or and, and if so, what is, what are some of the most meaningful things that uh, that that have come back to you to to say, "Wow, I'm really really glad that we decided to do this." Uh, we had one lady come back during Christmas, and she was in tears because of the special gift that she received in in the life of this one kitten that she adopted, and how it just filled that, that void in her soul. And when she came back, she was just extremely generous to the shelters. And if, if there's like a donation here, it just goes to the credit to the shelters as food and, and litter that they don't have to, um, to buy for their cats here. And anyways, she was in tears. We've had cats that um, come in not quite whole, um, and it turns out their personalities are so loving that despite the fact that they were missing an eye or missing a leg, <laughs> missing a tail, they, they got, they got excellent homes. Um, we had one gentleman that we had a cat that was FIV positive, meaning it had feline immunodeficiency virus. And which is kitty AIDS, but kitty AIDS is, is very, uh, it's not that horrible of a death sentence. They usually die of old age before they die of anything concerning their, their condition. But we had to keep this particular cat confined a little bit more than what we like. And we had um, a generous uh, donor um, pay for the adoption fees for this feline immunodeficient virus kitty. And we were able to um, secure the cat into a home where um, after the gentleman adopted him, he came back two days later and he said, I had never imagined that a creature could communicate so much love and and be such a wonderful joy and as good as and what that told me was as good as we are here um we really are as i said before this is a, a port in the storm and the kitties here are very comfortable they're fed they're warm they're safe they're dry they're disinfected you know everything there's still no place like home. And they, they have to have, um, to, be, to be who they really are, they have to be home. And, um, and, and the stories like that, that basically spoke to me that, you know, there is no place like home. When what, you're what, what do the cats do when the doors close? I think that's when they do most of their trouble that's that's you got to get one of those cameras you got to get like an ongoing nest cam or whatever uh, a wise <laughs> cam and just let that yeah let, let that go live on youtube all day i bet you you would 
<laughs> well, we do have security cameras, but yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's funny though, we'll come back in the morning and oh, the place is trashed. <laughs> like, what did you guys do last night? We had one, I've got- They I've had got their a- friends over, they called in, you know, they had, you know, down, yeah. they had the beer and wine, you know, it's- Yeah, absolutely. Have themselves a they Super got- Bowl party every night. So yeah, they got into the kitty weed. <laughs> Oh yeah. Just, is there a catnip supply someplace where they? Uh... Yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, and That's they. It's it so funny when we're cleaning. They they get the zoomies, and it's it's. We don't have any young young kittens here right now. This is cat season. It's not kitten season just yet. It'll be kitten season in about six weeks. It it always amazes me uh, as a guy who's had pets my entire life that it seems like. There is just always an ongoing uh, plethora, a, a huge amount of animals that need to be rescued, and and I, and I, I just don't get it. Like where 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 are the cats coming from? Like and not just from the 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 other facilities, but like where where are the cats coming from? Where where what what's up with all these dogs out there? Like like what what world? It, it's it just seems like it just it's just it's just wild out there like where where were these cats before uh a lot of them were outside um and they so they had homes and they ran away type of thing no no my rescues what they do is they find colonies and they trap cats that are in colonies they don't they don't have homes they they were born outside they were hmm. born at the shipyard they were born behind a walmart they they were born in a barn somewhere and they are able to um, uh, get these kitties. Um, those that they trap, they spay or neuter. And we have a couple of kitties here that have their ears snipped, meaning that they came from a colony like that. And the if you see a cat with a snipped ear, it just means that it had been trapped, it's neutered or spayed. And it's, it's sent back out. So if you're a trapper, you know not to uh, get that cat again. Then the kittens are born in foster care. They're salvageable. And they can go to homes. And they get spayed and neutered, get their rabies shots, get their distemper shots. They're tested for FIV and feline leukemia. And they're sent to, um, they come from those fosters into their rescues and some of them land here. Hmm. How long does it take to integrate uh, a new cat into your facility for them to be socially compatible with one another? We, we have two ways. It depends on their personality. We have some cats that just walk in, whatever. And then we have some cats that are very shy and very timid, they're introverts. And my favorite trick is to put them into a large condo. It's a three-tiered condo. And put them in front of the bird TV, let them be a cat, and let them feel, feel like you know they're, they're in a natural, safe environment. And usually those cats, they have a tendency to come out of their shell. And then we have have to look out for bullies, you know, one of our cats, if a cat is integrated into the clouder, um, 
then we have to you know, make sure that they're either separated or we just change rooms. We can put an introverted cat in with the kittens. And we do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the other cats, they find ways of placing themselves in such a, a, such a place where, yeah, the bully can walk around a little bit, but they're up here. And then when the bully goes, takes a nap, then they, they go do their thing. And, and they make it work. They, they do. They make it work. Uh, very rarely have I had to send a, a cat back um, to the shelter, to the rescue for, for behavior problems, other than if, if they spray a, around the cafe, yeah, it's a ticket home. But generally speaking, you know, we can pretty much work with anybody. Or at least get a good shot. You're muted, Zach. 18 months into this, I still don't know how to press on mute. Uh, 18 months into this, it, it seems like it's 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 been a whirlwind. You said the roller coaster. I don't know if you've been to Bush Gardens. Maybe it's the Apollo's chariot of of the Kitty Kingdoms. Uh, yeah. It's uh, where do you envision the next 18 months being? A little happier, uh, a little better. Um, I, I think. Uh, I think the worst is over. I, I think us just making it this far with our sanity intact, I think that, that's saying a lot. And um, I have hope. I have hope that it's going to succeed and um, that we're, and that my kids have something to inherit. Was, was the COVID aspect of it, of getting people inside a facility, did you ever find that that was difficult? No, because whenever we had cats, we had customers. People yeah. Didn't care. Got it. It was, it was not having the cats. That was, that was the worst thing. But then now that I've got not one, not two, but three, possibly four shelters working on my behalf, then yeah, uh, we're going to be fine. Knowing that you want your kids to potentially take over the the, the business at, at some point, do you tell them that? How does that conversation go? How do they take it? Because it's interesting. I feel like growing up, that was always a thing where it was like, oh, they're going to take over the family business, whatever. I don't feel like it's the same way as it used to be. It doesn't seem like people are are, are grooming their kids to then take over the business. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it just doesn't seem like it's the same way as, as the past. How does that conversation go? Well... Right now, she's still doing her own thing, but I really wanted to have a cat cafe because she loves cats. She's very generous. She's a hard worker, and this was her dream job. And since I built the cafe, it's, it's not a dream, dream job right now, but then again, she's seen how hard we've had to work and some of the obstacles we've had to go through. So I think when the time comes that um, the place is stable uh, and we're, you know, we've got, we, we've got right now, we've got a really good foundation for a successful business. We've got that foundation. And when we get things a little bit more steady, I think it'll be something that she might like to um, take over. If not, you know, there's some other crazy cat people out there that would be 
willing to take over something like this. What's something that we haven't? No, I, I, I we quickly as we uh, start to to close the show. I mean, I, typically we always have businesses on that are high growth. You know, they're other they've raised significant capital. Uh, you know, that they're, they're doing they're following their passion. But I mean, it's just it's it's great to have someone like you on the show that is following their heart, their passion and doing their part in changing their world in their own special way. Uh, I just want to recognize that with you uh, in the sense of sometimes following your dreams isn't, it it's, doesn't necessarily equate to dollars and cents and how much money that you're uh, generating in revenue and what your bank account says, you know, you're making a, a really impactful, uh, yeah, what you're doing is, is impactful in many, many ways. And, and I appreciate that. And yeah, I've enjoyed having you on the 400 show. families. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 427. Wow. Don't get all Incredible. specific on me. I mean, don't get all <laughs> cocky. Come on, Julie, like 427. <laughs> no, but I mean that, like I, when I said it before about, you know, almost a, a cat a day, like yeah. there are plenty of businesses that can't do tw- 10 in a 10 in a year. You know, they can't sell products 10 in a year. And for you to have done it that way and, and you know, um, because pets are family, you know, that's a that's a big impact. That's something that will last these people for, um, gosh, 12, 15 years. I mean, that's that's that you're you're a savior in, in that um, regard. And so I, I'm sure a lot of people are, are very appreciative of that. And so I I commend you for that as well. Uh, kudos to what, well, so uh, what you said. That do all the work. Trust me. I just make them look good. Well, <laughs> excuse make me look good i'll put it that way <laughs> is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about oh no just um just to have people come by see the place for themselves and there's ways they can get involved they can we're looking for fosters we're uh for our faraway shelters we're looking for people that could locally foster a cat if it comes down with the sniffles or something like that, you know. But other than that, yeah, come by, see the place. It's totally different, it's totally unique. And um, it's it's a place of peace. Love it. KittyKingdomCatCafe.com is the website. Check it out. Julie, it's been wonderful chatting with you. And oh, thank you. Continued success and have a great day. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Julie.